Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. 56% of people in a survey from the Associated Press say they favor requiring people on planes, trains, and public transportation to wear masks. Bullcrap. I'm calling shenanigans. There's no way this is real. But what is real is the extent to which the Biden administration will go to let you know how much they hate you. How desperately, willingly, they are out of touch with you, with me, with us, with we. And what in the hell's happening? The story starts, of course, with this judge, Catherine Kimball Mazell, district judge in Florida. She states that the CDC is not actually allowed to make the statement to put forth the, the order that masks have to be worn uh, in, in, in this public transportation way. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What is going on, everybody? 833-GOT-TONY. would love to hear from you. You think we should still force masks on people in airplanes? I want to hear your theory. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. The argument is not that the CDC, via the Biden administration, saying that on airplanes, anything having to do with federal travel, uh, that, that you have to wear a mask is somehow unconstitutional but rather that there is a procedure that must be gone through, and this procedure was not followed. Therefore, this ruling that you have to wear a mask on a plane is gone. Now, you know and I know and we know that we saw multitudes of videos. Maybe some of us only saw four videos on different airplanes where they announced that you no longer had to wear the mask, and people cheered. They cheered it. There were people quite literally singing about not having to wear a mask. There were videos of flight attendants in tears because it's the first time in two years they didn't have to wear this this horror show on their face. I know some people are like, Tony, you're over-exaggerating. Sure. You may like it. Maybe you like wearing muzzles. I don't tell you how to do your bedroom activities, people. Oh, my God. You be you. No, 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 producer Ari. No, 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 no. I think people should be able to do what it is they do in the privacy of their bedroom, and if that's what they like to do, well, then I say let them. Yes, 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 yes. I don't know. I, 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 I like trying things. Dude, stop. But it's in my bedroom. It's not on the plane where you're forcing other people to try the thing you want to try. That's weird. Right? Or is the thing I want to try in the bedroom weird, but when you force everybody to do it, that's a totalitarian hellscape. Ah, that's it. Much, much better. 
So we know these videos existed from airlines all across the country. So why, oh why, oh why, oh why, would Jen Psaki make the claim that it wasn't a lot of planes? said and maybe some of it is because uh, there was the video of people on planes on the plane on one plane taking off their masks public polling does not actually show that there is a universal view of people getting rid of masks that's not actually what public polling shows the amount of public polling that matters on this subject is zero because nothing stops those people from wearing a mask public polling is completely inconsequential If 100% of the people said you should wear a mask, that doesn't give government the right to mandate it because that's not what's lawful. My view. But she doesn't care about that. Look at the extent she'll go to push this idea on planes, on, on, on one plane, on the plane. She's trying to break it down because otherwise it sounds like too many people didn't want the masks. Nobody wanted the masks. I shouldn't say nobody. Some people, some people desperately want to wear a mask. And we've seen plenty of people in social media talk about how they're going to wear two masks or five masks. They're going to wear masks on their toes. They got a mask for everything. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Again, I don't get involved in your fetish. Your fetish is yours, by the way, my safe word, guacamole. What's happening? You do you. But when you force a fetish on other people, that's a problem. And when you are so disconnected from where the American people are on this subject, that is political tone deafness. The CDC wants the Justice Department to appeal, and the appeal, according to CBS News, filed to reverse this judge's decision Ending the nation's mask mandate on public transit. They're making the claim that the mandate remains necessary for the public health. And on this, they are out of their minds. This is not science. This is fear-mongering. This is brutality. This is power-hungry nonsense. What are they talking about? What is necessary for the public health? How many... Uh, of the of of the people in this administration screaming about the public health also believe you should do away with title 42 which makes deportations easier because of of covid but covid's no longer a problem right covid's no longer a problem so you can get rid of title 42 i mean that's that's the argument right covid is not a problem but as we have heard from the people who work in this administration, oh my gosh, the pandemic's not over. Is COVID still a crisis? It is still a real challenge for our country, right? I mean, if you look at this, uh, we still have lots of people getting infected. 400 Americans are still, four or 500 Americans are still dying every day of this virus. Uh, and we have seen pretty substantial evolution of this virus over time. So the pandemic is not over. Uh, as much as we all wish it were. Um, we've, we're in much, much better shape than we were, but we've got to keep plugging away at managing this virus and getting it under. So this is a, a, a Biden COVID advisor. And I've shared this with you before. The pandemic is not over. On the same day, he said that on ABC News, on the same day on Fox News Sunday.
And if you look across the country, as I said, infections are still at a relatively historic low. Hospitalizations are very low. Um, and the CDC scientists determined that that Title 42 is not necessary at the border. And by the way, that goes into effect in late May. Um, it gives us time to assess things. And, and that's a, a public health decision by, made by the CDC. And I think the CDC makes this decision that people at the border can't be turned away because of COVID, but American citizens can't get on a plane without a mask. You couldn't be more disconnected from the American people. Nope, said that wrong. You couldn't hate the American people more than the Biden administration does. Not because I said so, but because they show you so. Every single day. This administration is still trying to figure out why they're flailing. Are they still questioning why it is they're going to get their butts kicked in November? Is anybody really, really questioning this? This level of hate, this level of desire to control, and they've even stripped away the thing that I always say they talk about. They want power. They want control, right? Right? That that that's 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 what they want. They want the power and they and they want uh, the 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 control. But they usually hide it on some other thing like well we need to do this green thing or we need to do this thing. And because we want to do that that means we have to control you here here and here. Well, they have now eliminated the top thing. I've made this argument for years. They always have a top line thing and then underneath that comes, well, you have to somehow acquiesce or you have to give up a right or whatever. They're they're even past that. They have no message about public health at all. The answer is you put on a mask because we blanking told you to. That's their argument. It's an ugly, ugly argument. Maybe not as ugly as the masked singer. Holy crap, there's so much to unpack. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. I'm at a party I don't want to be at. And I don't ever wear a suit and tie at. I'm not a, a average or, or an avid watcher of The Masked Singer. I don't even understand why this is a show. They took take people, put them in these outrageous costumes. They sing. Some of them are good. Some of them are not. You have to guess who it is. It's not even a contest. There are no cash prizes. I don't understand how it works. Meanwhile, they have some people there you don't expect. Sarah Palin's been on the show. Athletes have been on the show. And you're like, wow, they got some big talent. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. But last night, the thing blew up because the talent. Oh, my goodness. Former associate attorney general, former mayor of New York City. It's freaking Rudy Giuliani. And one of the judges is clearly, I don't know if she's playing the part of ignorant or is ignorant, turns to the, the actor or the comic, Ken Jeong, is like, is that Robert De Niro? What? I swear, 
Listen to it again right here. No, that's him saying, no, that's not Robert De Niro. Okay, well, Jenny McCarthy is very... It wasn't Jenny McCarthy, it was the other one. Oh. So, it's Rudy Giuliani. It is Rudy Giuliani. The whole thing is nuts, and the audience doesn't... I mean, they're cheering, but they don't know what to do. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Wow. This is definitely something I never would have guessed. (laughs) Now, it gets more interesting because they asked Giuliani questions and... Like, why in the world are you doing this show? And to, to even Nick Cannon's credit, the host, he's like, uh, with, with, with all the controversy uh, uh, around you, um, like, like, like why, are you, why, why, why would you do the show? And I thought that was an interesting, interesting question for him to ask. Oh, Mr. Giuliani, with all of the controversy that's surrounding you right now, I think it surprises us all that you're here on the mass singer why me too, me too. <laughs> uh man what made you decide to do this well i guess the main reason is i just had a granddaughter grace Aww. and i want her to know that you should try everything even things that are completely unlike you and unlikely and i couldn't think of anything more unlike me and unlikely than this <laughs> and i enjoy the show i have for years and it just seemed like it would be fun. I don't get to have a lot of fun. <laughs> it's very humanizing. Very, very quick. It's very humanizing and kind of sounds like your grandpa. I just would like to know, in your package, it said you officiated 200 right. weddings. Is that true? Absolutely true. The mayor of New York can marry people. And when I found out I could do that, I took advantage of doing a wedding anytime I could because being mayor can be a very tough job. You deal with tragedy. So if you can do a wedding, it kind of lifts your day. It's kind of like doing the show. Why I did the show. <laughs> right, right, right. He comes across as lovable. Rudy Giuliani. And by the way, I have savage Rudy Giuliani on this show. Because I swear to you, when he was Trump's lawyer, I didn't know what he was doing. I didn't understand the methodology. I still don't, by the way. It was scattered. It was it was nuts. It was it was it had no cohesion. He lost his law license because of it. This is a guy who spent years on the on the racketeering and RICO predicates in New York, which I didn't necessarily uh, agree with, and certainly as as mayor unmatched the city is attacked on september 11th and there he is walking the streets let's do this let's move these people over here we got help over there i mean it was it was an incredible sight bring it back to the mass singer there's ken jeong a doctor by training by the way and an actor and a comic and he has had enough of this and he walks off he has enough of, of, of Rudy Giuliani, who's singing bad to the bone or something like that. Ken Jeong walks off the set. 
He he won't be around it. He he's got his arms folded. He's just looking at Rudy Giuliani, and it's clear to me that the thing going through Ken Jeong's mind is: if I just sit here, if I just sit here, am I going to get beat up by by my leftist friends? I have to do something. I have to say something, and so. Unmasked. Oh my goodness. Once and for all, the artist formerly known as the Jack in the Box. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Rudy Giuliani. All right. I broke a thousand hearts before I met you. I'm done. I break it down. Did you hear it? Never mind, Giuliani can't sing. He can't sing. I'm done, and he walks off the set. And they showed him walking off the set. Now, you understand that Ken Jeong is a producer of the show. So he clearly is the one who wanted to show himself saying, I'm done, and walking off the set. He wanted to show that he wasn't going to sit there over Rudy Giuliani. Why? Now, you can tell me, Tony, there are a lot of people that you wouldn't sit there for. That's absolutely positively true. There are a lot of people that if they were the the mass singer and I'm, I'm a judge, I, I wouldn't want to be around. Certainly, uh, you, you can... Um, you, you could argue that if Ilhan Omar was the mass singer, I'd be like, hey, I didn't know anti-Semites could sing. I, wow. Am I, walking, am I walking out? Maybe yes, maybe no. But it is so obvious when you watch that Ken Jeong's reaction is because he needs to show something and then they put it in the show. To ensure that it was seen. There was no reason to show it. You didn't have to show any bit of it. But they purposefully showed it. And he is a producer on the show. I believe he's a producer on the show. Because they want to show his outrage. He needed that scene. That is something else. Meanwhile, uh, I'm curious if uh, Rudy Giuliani is going to be able to rehabilitate himself this way. I can't imagine, guys. I cannot imagine. Speaking of walking out, Donald Trump walked out on the interview with Piers Morgan in the most uninteresting story of the day. Mike Tyson beat up a guy in a plane, but it's Jen Psaki who you have to be concerned with. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today. So here's this Mike Tyson story in a nutshell. Tyson's on an airplane. And we should be clear, man, do I not like Mike Tyson. I don't like rapists. He did his time, Tony. Oh, okay. He did his time. And you gave him a Broadway show. Name another rapist you do that for. All right, Roman Polanski got to make movies. All right, that's two. two seconds. 
It's gross. It's ugly. And we call him the champ. He's a rapist. What the hell is going on in society? He raped a woman and got a Broadway show, got movies. They made cartoons about him. I find that to be very odd. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Tyson's on a plane. He's in San Francisco, heading to Florida. There's another passenger on the plane who's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's Mike Tyson. Oh, my God, oh, my God, it's Mike Tyson. Oh, my God. I assume that's what he sounded like. He wants to get a picture. He gets a picture. Then he starts talking. He's sitting behind Tyson. He's talking. He's talking. He won't stop. He won't leave Mike Tyson alone. He's talking. He's talking. He's talking. Now, I don't like Mike Tyson, but he did serve his time. And he's allowed to take a flight and not be bothered. And there are people out there who are, I believe the expression is, total scumbags who think they they see somebody of note and and that person has to then entertain them. Right? That's, That's their job. Your job is to entertain me. I see you in public. You now have to entertain me. That's what you have to do. It's a little part of being in in the uh, public eye, right? There, there's there's certainly something to that, but there is uh, there are people out there who will absolutely abuse uh, that privilege and and are abusive. This guy was abusive. This guy was a jerk. Literally standing up and talking to Tyson over a seat would not leave him alone. So what happened? Tyson beat the guy up. Why didn't the airline do something? I do not know if the airline was asked to do something or not. Like, if I'm a, a and I see someone bugging another passenger, like, I feel like I'd be like, yo, like, I need to stop this. Maybe, right? But that's clearly not what happened. That's not what happened here. Now, Tyson had an incident with a fan at a comedy club, but there was no fighting. Uh, Tyson was calm. Uh, There was a hug. Uh, The the guy, whoever this dude was, had a gun. Very, very weird. But now you've got a situation where people are going to defend Mike Tyson because this guy was a total scumbag. And he's like, and and there's a person in the seat next to him kind of like taking his picture. The guy, this, this guy got beat up. He's got blood. He's got bruises. And he just, he just looks like the kind of guy, he looks like the kind of guy who definitely would sell you the clear coat on your new car package. He's just that kind of jerk. Because Mike Tyson's a bad guy does not mean that you can make the claim that he deserves some kind of horrific treatment. I just don't think he deserved Broadway shows. There's a difference between the two things. Big, big, big difference. Then there's the story of Donald Trump and Piers Morgan and the interview and the claim that Trump stormed out of the interview. I said this on, on the morning show, and it's important, I, I think, I, I think it's important uh, to uh, make sure everybody's on the same page here. Donald Trump knows exactly what he's doing. Piers Morgan knows exactly what he's doing. Two guys looking for attention and got it. 
do I really, really have to comment? Is there anything that I can say that would make you feel differently about Piers Morgan or about Donald Trump? And I argue the answer is absolutely not. No way could I make you feel differently about either person. The, the, the uh, opinions are 150% baked in. Piers Morgan wrote about this over at the New York Post. And the minute I read it, I said, this is garbage, except I totally believe it to be true. Because Piers Morgan shows up for the interview. But Piers Morgan has had some unkind things to say about Trump. And, you know, they know each other for a while. Piers Morgan was on Celebrity Apprentice, actually one Celebrity Apprentice. And they, they know each other. And supposedly Piers Morgan is all setting up for this interview. And the next thing you know, the Trump people are not happy. And they actually hand him this, this, this couple of sheets of paper stapled together, quotes of everything that Piers Morgan has said nasty about Trump in the past two years. Piers Morgan then goes into another office to speak uh, to, to former President Trump and Trump's seething. Trump's angry. This is how Piers Morgan writes the story. Trump is, is, is upset. How dare you? Why are you treating me this way? What the blank is this? Calling me a narcissist? Calling my antics pathetic? Calling me dangerous? And... Piers Morgan is like, I was sweating in my seat. I didn't know how to answer, but I had to answer honestly. So we went back and forth uh, 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 on this. I'd never seen him so livid and never felt so uncomfortable in his presence as I did right now. But I said what I said, and I meant it when when I, 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 I said it. And finally, after this back and forth that's rather intense and private, Piers Morgan says, I'd love to talk about your recent golf hole-in-one. Your playing partner, Ernie Els, was raving about it. And according to Piers Morgan, all of a sudden Trump was like, oh, was he? He was, he was raving about me, huh? Yeah, raving about me. That's because I'm great. I hit a hole-in-one. That was me. Hit a hole-in-one. Look at me. Now my first hole-in-one. Oh, you've hit more than one, more, more one hole-in-one, Mr. President? Oh, I've hit seven of them. Seven hole-in-ones. That's me. That's me. Talk about me. Love me. Very weird. That's how... Um, Piers Morgan tells the story that the minute it was something uh, nice, Trump was all great and wonderful, and then he said, I don't even know why I'm doing this interview, but I'm going to do it. What do you mean? You didn't know why you were going to do the interview. Of course you were going to do the interview. Absolutely you were going to do the interview. Of course, Trump is Trump. He does things that he shouldn't do. This is not shocking to anyone. Also not shocking to anyone that Piers Morgan is a media whore. Now, I could get in trouble for using that terminology. I don't think that my use of the phrase is out of out of bounds. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> If producer Ari is with me, then I'm okay. It's Piers Morgan. He is a man who is British tabloids. He is built on this tabloid schlock. 
Of course he will sensationalize everything and anything. To the extent that Trump is a narcissist, I wholeheartedly agree. To somehow think Piers Morgan is less of a narcissist is criminally insane. Piers Morgan is who he is. Am I willing to believe that part of this pre-interview thing happened? Absolutely. I am willing to believe that part of this pre-interview absolutely positively happened. Am I willing to believe that somehow we're going to call this a fiery showdown? There's nothing fiery. The president saying we're done with this interview? That's not fiery. That's standard operating procedure. Trump said, turn the camera off. Very dishonest. And then... um, uh, Morgan says, that was a great interview. And Trump says, yeah. And Morgan says, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And then Trump says, turn the camera off. And by then, the former president was already standing up from the chair. And I've seen that video. According to Taylor Budowich, who is the the, uh, communications director for Trump. So what you hear is turn that camera off. But the audio says that the two men appreciated each other, laughed and thanked each other, uh, uh, and, and, then, uh, and then Trump left. So there was no storm off. It's Piers Morgan trying to make something out of nothing, which is everything you could expect from Piers Morgan. That's why I said on the, on the, on the, on the morning show, that there was nothing here. Two guys who got everything they wanted out of an interview and are going to be able to spin it any way they want. There is no, there, there's nothing else we can do with this. I covered it because it's in the news, and now I'm leaving it be because there are bigger fish to fry. And one of those bigger fish is Jen Psaki. Now, Jen Psaki is the White House press secretary, and she's going to go take a job over at MSNBC. I put forth to you she already has. She's on that podcast crying about the Florida parental rights bill. Oh, these poor children. I, 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 I'm willing to believe her if, if it's upset her, but she doesn't know what the legislation is, so I don't know what she's upset about. And she only cares about one child. She doesn't care about all kids. Like, for example, kids that are told they have to take second place because a boy decided they're a girl. Kids who have to share bathrooms and it might make them uncomfortable. She doesn't care about any of those kids at all. And there she is on the now going to be defunct CNN Plus, which is hilarious. And she's talking to Chris Wallace, who I don't even know if he has a job anymore. He left Fox News for this. And he asks her about this legislation. Check out Jen Psaki's response. Don't parents have a right to have concern? I mean, we're talking specifically here about teaching about sex in kindergarten through third grade. I have to say, as a parent, I would have problems with that. But the law is not about teaching sex education. It's about teaching about gender identity. 
And so what what do you do if a parent or a kid, should I say a kid in one of these elementary schools says, what about Sally? Sally has two moms or I'm not sure if I'm a girl or a boy. I mean, these are kids who are experiencing, um, you know, these moments in their lives. I also think that these are not there is not a big record of there being either sex education or extensive gender identity education in these schools. And this is creating a problem or a political cudgel about an issue that I don't think exists. You just said that kids may be asking in the classroom that they don't know if they're a girl or a boy. And then you say the law is creating a problem or utilizing a political cudgel for a problem that doesn't exist. I think the bigger story here is Jen Psaki is telling you she believes that teachers are the ones to deal with that and not parents. And that's pretty shameful. The absolute disdain that these people have for parents, and she's a parent, but somehow she's one of the good parents. She's an okay parent. It's the other parents that are the problem. You know the parents who won't give up the the, uh, control of their children? To, uh, to, to the schools who believe that they should actually do the parenting, not the schools who believe they're in charge and not the schools. Those are the parents that are the problem, don't you know? That's the White House press secretary. No, 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 no. That's the MSNBC commentator. That's the MSNBC host contributor. That is somebody who already has, as you know, uh, describe it as senioritis. Like, it's your senior year and you know you're done in a month. You're just like, whatever. Just get me out of here and you forget. You don't care. That's her. She never should have done this interview. She shouldn't be engaged in these conversations. She should be discussing the White House and not discussing legislation in Florida. And certainly, I never think it's good to show your disdain for parents having a say in their children's lives. But there she is. There she is doing it. Teachers are not qualified to have this conversation. Only parents are. Now, a parent who might need some help might ask a teacher, which would then qualify the teacher. But the idea that de facto this is for the teachers and not for the parents is dangerous. It is one of the many, many parts of this conversation that I wholly oppose. The argument's going to be, well, a lot of parents don't know how to have these conversations. No, a lot of them do. Some of them might not. Maybe they'll need your help. But why is it that your help is always in the, in the guise of, well, you can be any gender you want, because that's a lie. I don't think you should lie to kids. There are boys and there are girls. Sometimes kids think this, but as adults, they can make decisions. That's the answer. Your problem is you won't speak honestly to children because you won't actually tell them they're children. You won't say to them, you don't get to make this call, and you don't say to them, hey, you're going to be confused about things, it's possible. You won't be confused about other things, that's possible too. When you're an adult, you get to make even more and more decisions for your life. Okay, now who wants cake? Because you won't be honest with the kids. You're going to tell them that they get to decide. Now you're going to purposely confuse them and put your thoughts onto them so they'll do what you want, so they'll be seen as, as loved? It's, it is despicable what it is Jen Psaki is doing here. She can't be out of the White House soon enough. I'm Tony Katz.